0: I said, yeah, I have been for a long time. (laughs) Now, the point I want to make is a very important one. You see, the young man had a picture of me. And the picture, as far as it went, was accurate. Because on occasion, I do jump up and down. The redhead said, I get excited reading a phone book. I mean, I, I, I really, that's my nature. But his picture was so narrow and so shallow, it didn't even begin to give a picture that was true or representative. I find that most people have pictures of themselves which are so narrow and so shallow that it really has nothing to do with who they are and what they're capable of being. You see, so many people have been told so many times for so long what they can't do. They have no idea what they can do. They don't have any earthly idea what they really want out of life because they don't know what's available to them. I could see where this gentleman could get it, and I could see where this lady could have it, and I could see where that lady and this guy could have it, but poor little old me, I could never have those things. What we got to work on is having the right picture of ourselves so that we can use the ability which we have. A number of years ago, a young depressed housewife was out in West Texas. It was one of those cold days. The wind was blowing. The dust was coming in all over the place. And, and she was feeling down and depressed and miserable. So miserable at the fact that uh, she decided that she didn't like where she was and she was going to do something about it. Uh, so what she did, she made a very basic decision. Now, I call this misery motivation. Mm-hmm. Uh, She was so unhappy, I'm going to do something about it. But one LT, the lady I'm talking about, determined she was going to do something, so she got busy. She went down to a bookstore and bought a whole bunch of books. I mean, she started reading and reading and reading, and she started getting enthused and motivated about what life really did have to offer. In other words, she had made the first step. She had taken the first one. Joe Saba, who is a speaker friend of mine, says that you don't have to be great to start, but you got to start to be great. She was reading those books for about six months. And one day uh, she went back down to the store and she picked up another book. As a matter of fact, it was on June 18, 1977. She picked up a book called See You at the Top. And she read something in there about some of the philosophies we'll be discussing throughout Strategies for Success. She read something there that really grabbed her. And she what the statement really was, was, well now, you know, the person uh, who can't read really is just as well off as the person who does read, but then does nothing about it she decided that she was going to get busy. She called the office, she talked with my executive assistant, Laura Majors, found out where I was going to be speaking, went to the session, and her fire was really lit. I mean, she was excited. She was motivated. She made a decision that day and she decided she was going to take some action. She decided that she wanted to become a sponsor, sponsoring seminars around this country. She had gone from a depressed housewife to a lady who who was a determined individual who could do a lot of things. It's not that she was not happy being a housewife, but she was unhappy with herself and what she was using as far as her abilities were concerned. When she made that little change, it was really very significant. Jerry Lynch, Ph.D., Wrote a book, and the title of the book was in Runner's World, actually. He said, when you believe and think, I can, you activate your motivation, your commitment, your confidence, your concentration, and excitement, all of which relate directly to achievement. Wonderful place to start. And so she got that start, and she ended up sponsoring over 200 seminars in 43 cities around this country. I was privileged to be a part of many of those seminars, most of them as a matter of fact. Hundreds of thousands of people attended them. She had a chance to study speakers, which ones reached the audience properly, which ones had a message, which ones really did the job, and which ones were consistent in their lifestyles. And then she realized that a lot of them had a good message but didn't know how to deliver it. A lot of them had some good qualities, but didn't know how to market those qualities. And so she made a big decision. She decided, I'm going to become a coach. I'm going to open my own business this way. I'm going to become a coach and teach these teachers. The people who are teaching others, I want to teach them. The bottom line is today, this lady who was depressed a few years ago, is today one of the most motivated, excited, enthusiastic people you'll ever see. And she's teaching numbers of people how to share the concepts. See, she believes that you can have everything in life that you want if you will just help enough other people get what they want. And you're going to hear me say that a number of times. It works in your personal life, it works in your family life, and it also works in your business life. But it all starts with you. I'll say this a number of times. You've got to be before you can do. You've got to do before you can have. You've got to be the right kind of person. You've got to do the right things in order to have all that life has to offer. So how do you be more? Let's start with a little game. Let's say it's 6.30 in the morning. You are awakened by a telephone call. The voice at the other end is an old friend of yours, somebody you like and really trust and respect. And the voice of the other end says, hey, I'm just calling you to tell you something. I should have told you this long time ago. You know, I think you're one of the neatest people I've ever seen. You're an asset to the community. You're a credit to their profession. When I'm around you, I'm always excited. I'm always enthused. I'm always motivated. You know, if I could spend an hour a day with you, I could turn the world upside down. Now, understand this is an old friend. You know, he or she is not pulling your leg. They're serious about that. And the friend concludes by saying, I just wanted to tell you that. I look forward to the next time we get together, and I will see you soon. And they hang up. Now, let me ask you a question. If you were to ever get a phone call like that, how would you feel? Would you be excited? If you were a doctor, would you be a better doctor? If you're a mom or a dad, would you be a better mom or a dad? Would you be a better teacher? Would you be a better salesperson? Would you be a better coach? Would you be better at anything that your life presented for you to do? How many of you believe you'd be better? Can I see your hands, please? All right. Big question. How much more would you know about being a better mom or a better dad or a better household executive or a better doctor or a better coach? Not a thing more. But all of a sudden, you feel better about yourself. You know, I'm going to ask that to the community. I'm a credit to my profession. That old boy said so, and he is one more smart cookie. I mean, you just wouldn't argue with that at all, would you? Your image, the way you see yourself, has a direct bearing on your performance, whatever that performance might be. Dr. Joyce Brothers put it this way. Your image, the way you see yourself, affects the way you dress, the occupation you choose, the individual you marry, your moral, ethical conduct is determined by the fact that you will see it yourself in a certain way. Because, as Dr. Brothers said, you cannot consistently perform in a manner which is inconsistent with the way you see yourself. Now, the way you see yourself are going to affect the way you treat other people. Your image can affect your team. Your company, your family, and your town. For example, I know a a young man who just happens to be a coach. His name is Dennis Parker. Now, in 1983, he was the offensive coordinator down in uh, South Texas, Texas. They won the state championship. That's 5A football down there. That's a big deal. And then uh, he was given the head coaching job over in Marshall, Texas. That's 1984 when he was given the head coaching job. Now, understand Marshall had not won a playoff game since 1949 when Y.A. Tittle was the quarterback. Now, that takes (laughs) you back quite a few years. Well, let me tell you something. Instead of uh, languishing around there in 1988, he had them in the semifinals of the state championship in 1989 had them in the semifinals in the state championship in 1990 they won the whole enchilada state champions now what had happened He brought the idea of winning there, and he works with these concepts that you and I are learning right now. This works in athletics. It works anywhere you want to go. Today, he's the athletic director over the Keller School District, and he just got back from South Carolina where he was instilling uh, his program, Coaching to Change Lives, at the University of South Carolina with Lou Holtz. Now, Lou Holtz has been using these concepts since he was at Arkansas, and I don't need to tell you what his record has been. But he spoke to over 500 high school coaches, teaching them that you got to treat people like people, whether they're athletes or whatever it is that they do. And you can have everything in life you want if you are just help enough other people get what they want. But the picture says so much about you.